we go. All right. I appreciate being here. Appreciate the opportunity. And I want to thank Pastor McMurtry and his wife, their family for their hospitality. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful being up here. It's my, actually my first time to be in Illinois, my first time to go through Indiana, you know, and, uh, it's just great to be up here. It's not that cold up here. I had my church praying that it wouldn't snow and it wouldn't be too cold whenever we got up here. So evidently the Lord listens to my church's prayers. So, uh, I, I appreciate their, their prayers, but it is wonderful. You got a great church here. Uh, it's been, been great to get to, to talk with some of you all and get to know some of you all. Uh, I really enjoyed the singing and you talking about I'm ready to run laps, brother, after hearing the, the good singing. But I, I hope that I can this morning, I should have preached my nice sermon this morning and, and my mean sermon tonight, but I th- I've got it flipped around. And honestly, I hope that I'm not going to come across too mean this morning. I hope that you can take something away from this sermon. Uh, there's been a lot of things that's been bothering me recently in the news and I, I would hope that it would bother you. And if it doesn't bother you, I would like for after this sermon this morning that it's going to bother you. OK, because I have a fear that we're losing our humanity uh, in the United States. I feel that we're losing our humanity as Christians as well. And I don't want us to do that because everything about Christianity is about people, folks. Everything. Whenever uh, we get together as a church, a church is not a building. A church is an assembly of people. Whenever we go out, we preach the gospel. We're not going out to fill out a checkbox. We're going out to preach the gospel to lost people. Whenever we read the Bible, we're trying to educate ourselves. We're trying to walk in the spirit. We're trying to make the lives better for the people of our family. Everything that we do, hey, even salvation is about the person of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, uh, my brother talked about in the Sunday school lesson this morning about the birth of Christ and how important it was. Hey, salvation is not just a concept. It is in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. But I feel that we're losing our humanity just really as a society. And again, a lot of things have been bothering me greatly. But look down at Genesis 14, uh, verse number 21. The Bible says, and the king of Sodom and, uh, said unto Abram, give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. So we have this story in Genesis 14 about the battle of nine kings. And during the course of this battle, Lot is taken captive and Abraham rescues him. He, he uh, coordinates that rescue uh, effort. And at the end of it, the king of Sodom wants to reward him and he offers him a reward of the spoil and Abraham declines because he didn't he didn't uh, go after to get some sort of reward. He didn't set up this rescue mission and and conquer this army for a reward. Hey, the whole purpose that he went was for Lot is to save people. And he makes the statement, in verse number 21, he says, give me the persons and you take the goods for yourself. He looked at the people. He saw the value of people. Now, folks, what is the value of a person? First John chapter two, verse 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. And the Bible tells us what's in the world. It says all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. So everything that the world has to offer, everything that you could see, everything uh, that you could feel and that you could get and acquire and all of the accolades of this world. Hey, the Bible says that's what the world is about. Mark 8, 36 says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? One soul is worth the entire world. 
anything that you could ever get. It doesn't matter if you had an island. It doesn't matter if you had mansions. It doesn't matter if you're like Jeff Bezos, you know, the, the CEO or owner of Amazon, and you've got like 21 mansions all across, scattered all across this world. None of those things matter, and none of those things are of equal value to the value of one single soul. That's the value that the Bible that God puts on people. One soul was worth Christ coming to this, this earth and dying on a cross. One soul, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? How many times did Jesus, during the course of his life, stop? He had the multitudes clamoring for his attention, clamoring to just get a, a glimpse of him and get a, you know, a, a touch of the hem of his garment. How many times did Jesus stop for the individual? People are important, and we need to see the value of people. I think society's having a lot of issues with humanity. Let me give you a definition of humanity and what I'm talking about. Number one, it's the quality or condition of being humane or human nature. And number two, the quality of being humane, kindness of bene or benevolence. So it's actually looking at people as people. Now, that sounds just ridiculous to even say that, but it's like people don't look at people as people anymore. And, you know, we as Christians, we should be better than the lost in society. I think too often as Christians, we don't connect with people as much as we should. You know, we read verses, we read news stories, and it doesn't really equate that it's actual people that we're reading about. And I think that we need to have humanity. Now, the media has figured out the power of humanity, haven't they? They incorporate it in their stories to push their agendas and propagandas and everything in their news stories. How many times do they try to uh, propel an idea or whatever, and they use this big, you know, tearjerker story? They'll tell you about, you know, Grandpa America, you know, that, that served in, you know, 15 wars and he's built 12 orphanages and, you know, all these other things. And he's just he needs to be the first in line for this vaccine. Right. And he gets you on board. And you're thinking, wow, I hope old Grandpa America, he's a good guy. I hope he gets I hope he's I hope that he's first in line to get that vaccine. Right. But, you know, it's like we don't let that same mentality pierce us uh, in our Christianity. Matthew 24, 12 says, because the iniquity shall abound, said the love of many shall wax cold. I think the love of people has waxed cold this morning. We need to stop depersonalizing everyone and everything. You know, don't let your love and compassion towards people wax cold in the coming months and years. I recently bought my wife uh, a robot vacuum. Who knows what I'm talking about? Those little vacuums that you program and, and you push the button and it goes around and sweeps up, you know, stuff around the house uh i told my wife i said whenever this thing uh i said you know there's little guns in this thing and they're gonna you know make it attack us before too long right i'm just kidding but my six-year-old he's walking around with some paper some torn up paper he's walking around and he's throwing paper in the floor you know just little snippets of paper and that that vacuum is running across it and i said what are you doing he said i'm feeding him <laughs> and he said, I'm feeding him. So he just keeps feeding the thing. The thing's going and he's, he's throwing it some paper. Now, you know what? If my six-year-old can personalize a vacuum, a robot vacuum, folks, we can personalize people that we read about, these stories that we read about. And, and I think that we need to actually work on that. Because this, this uh, pandemic garbage, this COVID garbage, folks, is creating a society of people that are afraid of one another. Okay? People are not connecting as they should. People with all this virtual Thanksgiving and all that stuff, folks, you know, and you know what? If you wanted to have virtual Thanksgiving, you go have virtual Thanksgiving. You understand? I'm not going to come to your house and take away your all your webcams and all that so that you're incapable of having a, a Zoom Thanksgiving or whatever. If that's what you want to do. Hey, you do whatever you want to. Hey, you go jump in the freezing river if you want to. That's up to you. But, you know, they're trying to just depersonalize 
everything. People are afraid of one another. You can't even walk into the grocery store without people looking at you like that you're some sort of walking Petri dish. And you know what? Hey, I don't like it. And you know what? That's not the way that God set it up. God looked at the man. Whenever he created Adam, he looked at him and he said, hey, it's not good for the man to be alone. Hey, and it is not good for us not to have human contact and to walk around and be afraid of one another. Hey, that's not good. And that's not of God. And we shouldn't be that way as Christians. Well, I'm worried about getting sick. Hey, you know what? There's many more things than you need to worry about than a virus that has a 99.7% survivability rate. Okay? Lots of things. I saw an article. It said it was talking about Thanksgiving. It said, if you had an in-person Thanksgiving dinner, meaning that you're actually having Thanksgiving with other people, not some virtual on the screen, they said, consider, just go ahead and assume that you're infected. I'm serious. I'm, this is like a mainstream article. I'm like, how ridiculous is this? Can you imagine? I, I thought to myself, can you imagine like, uh, uh, you know, a couple of guys in Antarctica, those scientists, you know, they like see each other at Thanksgiving. There's only like a thousand people on the entire continent. And they're like, assume you're infected. Right. I don't know. But we just we just need to get back to personal relationships. Governments right now, municipalities everywhere are ramping up the fear, ramping up all this distancing garbage, ramping up all this suspicion, you know, and it's just a continual devolvement of people's identity as human beings. And, you know, I see problems with people losing their humanity. Go to Galatians chapter number six, Galatians chapter number six. Number one, let's talk about having empathy, having empathy. And I don't think I'm going to, I'll have to run right there. I can't run around that side, Pastor McMurdo. I'll fall over that stuff. Galatians chapter number six. Look at verse number two. Very simple truth. It says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Talk about actually investing in people, talking to them, figuring out what their problems are, figuring out what their needs are, what their struggles are. Actually connect with them, uh, one person to another person. Whenever you talk about bearing a burden, that's actually you feel the weight. If I bear your burden, that means I take it from you and I have it. I feel the weight of that at that point. People are not connecting anymore. And let me tell you something, folks. It is not the same to sit there and connect with someone on a computer screen as a face-to-face conversation. It's not the same. Don't sit there and think it's the same. Don't think, well, we have to do this to be safe. No, you don't. Okay? You need to have that uh, uh, face-to-face contact. We need to get some empathy in our life. You know, I read news articles each and every day, and I get sick of these COVID idiots that are calling for lockdowns. I'm absolutely sick of it. You know, these people, they, they, I read about these statistics. I read about these closures. And, you know, what people don't realize is, is in that article, whenever they're talking about closing the businesses, which they're closing businesses, shutting them down, putting curfews on them back in Knoxville, Tennessee, what they don't realize is there are people that own those businesses. You hear me? There are waitresses that work at those restaurants. And you know what those waitresses have? They have children. That's what they have. They have children. They have spouses. They have bills to pay. And they don't even consider that. And half of these people are like, yeah, we need to lock it down. We need to lock it down. Guess what? What you're doing is you are destroying the livelihood of people. So don't sit there and just read this article and be like, yeah, I'm for the lockdown. That is people that you're affecting. And you need to get your eyes on people, not a bunch of literature. Okay. It's sickening. How about these politicians? Do they do without their checks? These health officials, these bureaucrats, do they do without their checks? Because I'm telling you, folks, and you know, maybe you think that there's this risk, this great risk. Fine. 
But you know what? You should not impose your will or be in, in, in favor of something that would, would harm someone or jeopardize their business that is willing to take that risk. If Billy Bob wants to open, Billy Bob, that's a common name in Tennessee. You all up in Illinois, y'all don't have names like that. Y'all have names like Reginald and, and, and Brett, you know? Y'all have all those northern names, Brett and Jer- Reginald and, down in Tennessee, we have Billy Bob and Eustace, right? <laughs> but you know what? The government doesn't need to tell someone to close their restaurant. If they're scared about it, if the owner's scared about it, he needs to close his restaurant. But if he wants to take the risk because he has bills to pay, then he should be allowed to keep his restaurant open. And you know what? If I'm willing to get the COVID so I can go get me some barbecue ribs, I should be able to go get some barbecue ribs. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You see what I'm saying? These are not just meaningless words on a page. These are actually people's lives that are being affected, and it makes me angry. So that's why every time I go and I see these robots in a mask and all of these businesses, it aggravates me. You know why? Because they are complicit with the destruction of the economy of America. They are complicit. Sorry, and if you don't, if you want to wear a mask, go for it. Go wear a mask. I don't care if you want to sit there and inhale your own waste. Go for it. I'm not interested at all. It does nothing. You know, somebody said it's like putting up a soccer net and expecting or chain link fence and expecting to keep out mosquitoes. Unless you have a souped up mask or whatever. Do. And hey, and let me tell you something. Maybe you sit there and you say, well, this is a crazy preacher. This guy's a crazy preacher and he's a conspiracy theory and he wears a tinfoil hat. You know what? At least have the decency that if you're on board with a plan that's going to destroy somebody's livelihood and cause them to not be able to pay their bills and to not buy groceries for their children. Hey, at least do some stinking research. That's all I ask. Read. It's called the power of words. Who remembers that? What, 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 a super why? Who remember that little cartoon? It's the power of words, the power of reading. The English alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, and so on to Z. If you put those things together, they form things called words. And those words have meaning. And if you arrange them in a certain way, you can convey a message. It's really simple. But that's all I ask you to do. If you're on board with all of this junk, at least do some research because people's lives are going down the stinking toilet. People like, uh, uh, you know, I heard somebody make this statement the other day. They just need to lock everything down and, and just for, you know, a month and just let's just be done with this. I'm going to break your equipment before it's over with. Lock it down for a month and just get rid of it. You're not going to get rid of it, folks. Have we gotten rid of the flu? There's always going to be sick people. Always. People are always going to die. Somebody told me the other day, they said, did you know seven people died in Knoxville today? Okay. Well, you know what? I'm sure seven, you know, lots more died elsewhere. What did they die of? Oh, I don't know. Did they die of COVID? Oh, I don't know. Did they have COVID? Oh, I don't know. Did they have any other comorbidities? Oh, I don't know. No, you don't know because you don't read. Okay. And instead, you know, and so you have this uninformed person that doesn't read, that has no empathy. Okay, they have no humanity, and they're just oh, just yeah, lock it down, shut it all down. It's it's baloney, folks. I I don't like. Can you tell I'm mad about it? And you know what? Here's the thing. I have worked, with the exception of rain, because I do construction work, and you can't work in the rain. You can't open up somebody's roof in the rain. Okay, it will rain into their house. Okay, so you can't do that. 
past that, I've worked every day through this. You know what I mean? I've worked every day. I, I, I've collected a check every week. So it's no skin off my back, right? I have a job. It's no skin off these bureaucrats' back. They have a job. They're still collecting their check. They're still collecting their pension. They're still collecting their insurance. But you know what? I can empathize with all these people whose lives are being destroyed. Okay? And you should too. And you know what? Even, even, and again, even if you just completely disagree with me, I don't, that's fine. Okay? It's not, it's not a deal breaker. If you're for lockdowns, it's not, get out of the church. You know? If you walked in here with a mask, get out of the church. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with you having some humanity and realizing that the, all these, stupi- these stupid policies that are going on, these stupid lockdowns that are going on, hey, they are unwarranted and they're destroying people's lives. And if you're okay with that, then, then go for it. Be on board with that. But realize you're hurting people with your consent, okay? Go to Revelation chapter number three. So number one, having empathy. Well, I'm glad to get that off my chest. I, I drove I drove 700 miles to say that, Pastor McMurtry. I just want us to think as people, okay? Too too long, even in churches, you'll get some preacher gets up and says just a bunch of bozo things, right? And all of the people are like, "Hey, man, brother, hey, man," and I mean, guys saying a bunch of garbage. You need to think. Give Pastor McMurtry the benefit of the doubt that he's going to preach the truth. And I, I listen to him. I, I, I believe he preaches the truth. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. But you know what? You need to do your own study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. You hear me? Because you never know if you do absolutely no study. You're not grounded in Bible doctrines yourself. Maybe you get a job somewhere else and you're no longer going to Liberty Baptist Church and you go to another church and that guy is a bozo and you can't figure it out because you can't feed your own self. Revelation chapter number three. Number one, have empathy. Number two, have introspection. That means you look into yourself. You take a look at yourself. Take an audit, an inventory of yourself. Look at Revelation three fourteen. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, which is not a church age, by the way. That's a church, okay? You could go there. They had a mailbox. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thou works. Thou, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Look what it says. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not. That thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. See, they think that they're a great church. And Jesus says, you don't know that you're poor and miserable and blind and naked. Why? Because they never stopped and took a look at themselves. These church folks, they didn't even know that. You know, a lot of people, they'll hear preaching, but it doesn't actually translate into things that they should actually apply to their, to their lives. You know? It's just empty words for them. They'll listen to sermon after sermon, read the Bible, you know, cover to cover, and, and they never make an application of what's preached unto them. You know, Pastor McMurtry doesn't, he doesn't get up, he doesn't prepare sermons just to, because he, he likes to be on, on social media. You, he, he doesn't, man, I have a YouTube channel, and just, he just sits and watches his YouTube channel all the time. That's not the purpose in him preparing sermons week in and week out. His purpose is to preach to you and expound to you the Bible that you're going to take what you hear, that you're going to have some introspection. You're going to actually see yourself in what he's preaching and look for yourself in what he's preaching and make changes in your life and be a better Christian and live a happier life. 
that's his goal. That's his purpose, that you're going to serve the Lord more, that you're going to live a cleaner and holier life. That's his purpose. But a lot of people, they don't see themselves in the sermons, don't they? They can't translate uh, uh, the words and the preaching into just things that they need to work on. It amazes me, people that listen to sermons every week and they don't hear what the preacher says. I've preached myself. I've preached, you know, uh, about guarding your kids. Guard your kids. You need to guard your kids. Guard your kids. I mean, how many times have you heard Pastor McMurtry preach something to that uh, effect? That we need to watch out for our kids. Watch out who influences our kids. You want to know why? Because he doesn't want bad things to happen to your kids. But, you know, I've preached those things till I'm stinking blue in the face, and I still hear about people allowing bad influences in their children's lives. And just letting their children go over uh, at unsaved people's houses, spend the night, spend the week with unsaved people and stuff. And you know what? What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Preach against, you know, watching bad things on TV. What do you what do you find out? You know, you'll preach and you think to yourself as a preacher, you're like, my, my people would never watch that wicked show. And then what do you find out? Your people watch a bunch of wicked TV. You know what I mean? You'll sit there and preach about worldly music, and you're like, there's nobody in my church that listens to country music. There's probably nobody in this church that listens to country music. But you can't say that in mine. But you think that, and they still do. You know what I mean? You preach against gossiping. You get up, scream, and spit, throw your Bible, and, and, and you know pick up the pulpit and body slam it. Week in and week out about gossiping or whatever or living worldly or something. And you're like, man, my people got it. And then you hear about them doing the dumb stuff you preach against. You know what I mean? Don't fight on the Internet. How many times have you heard this man or, or you know, myself or other preachers say, don't fight on the Internet. Don't get on the Internet and be an idiot and be a bozo. And then what happens? Like the night of that you preach that sermon... Somebody will say, boy, he really listened to your sermon. Look at this. And they'll show you, a, you know, a screenshot of some just stupidity. You know, I wish church people, I wish there was, a, that's what, maybe that's what we need to do during the announcements. Just say, I need a show of hands as who's going to disregard everything I say. You know, I mean, if people were just honest about that, and, and if you, as a congregation of Liberty Baptist Church, said, you know what, we're not going to do anything Pastor McMurtry says. Hey, at least have the decency of telling him. Can you do that? Because I'm telling you, I guarantee you that this man spends hours and hours and hours and hours every week preparing sermons. Reading the Bible, studying, praying, and asking God, hey, God, lay Something on my heart that I can preach to them that will edify them, that will build them up, that will make them better husbands, better dads, better children. That's what he prays. And if you're not going to listen to it and take heed to anything he says, man, you could save you all sorts of time. You could take up hiking or something. What I don't know. You could go. You could have another deer head in your office, right? He could just get up. I mean, he could go through the motions. You could still call him pastor. He could go through the motions and he could get up there and he could say, hey, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 14. And everybody turns in there. And then he says, all right, ready? Blah, 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 yada, 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 blah, blah. He could do it. And blah, blah, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And everybody would be like, wow, did you hear that sermon this morning? That was powerful. That was powerful. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he'd like to spend time with his kids and everything else. I could free up so much time from you. 
But have some introspection, folks. Take an audit of yourself, okay? When we talk about humanity, whenever he's preaching these things, he's not, he's not preaching just empty, meaningless words. Hey, this is the word of God, and it has the power of change you, if you let it. So you need to listen to what's preached. You need to think to yourself, whenever Pastor McMurtry's up here and he's preaching, you need to think to yourself, where am I in that sermon? Where am I in that sermon? What can I improve on in this sermon? Not sit there and just daydream about camping or whatever else. Whatever else you're... Day- boy, I have laundry. All the, all the ladies are like, did I turn the stove off? You know, boy, I got so much laundry at home. Boy, all these dirty dishes. Man, don't daydream. You hear me? And don't tell me you've never done it. Okay? It's a sin to lie in church. Cameron said so. <laughs> right? So don't do that. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. But you hear me? I just want us to be people. His focus is people. He wants to change you people. He, he wants you to be better persons, better moms, better dads, better children, better husbands, better wives. That's, that's his goal. And he tries to preach the Bible because you know what's, what has the power to change you? The word of God. If you allow it to, to pierce your heart and you heed what the Bible says and mortify the deeds of the flesh. Because you know what my flesh wants to do? My flesh wants to be a jerk husband. You know what my flesh wants to do? It wants to be just a, a, a lazy co, or, you know, a lazy worker. Your flesh wants to do all the bad things that you do. You have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Okay? It's not automatic. It's not like you get saved and, God, you know, God's like, boop, autopilot. They, I heard this, you talk about, I say camp meetings, this kid was just an idiot. This idiot preacher, he said, before I got saved, he said, uh, you know, I really struggled to do the right thing. And, you know, and he said, it just always seemed like I was doing the wrong thing. He said, but now that I'm saved, bless God, he said, I have to try to do the wrong thing. He said, I wake up walking in the spirit. That's what he said. I told him, I said, this guy is an idiot. I said, and that's why his church members get saved every three months. Because they're like, I don't really feel like living for the Lord some days. I must not have what he has. Good night. Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 10. So number one, have empathy, okay? Number two, have some introspection. Number three, your interactions. Your interactions. Look at Second Corinthians 10, verse number 11. It says, let such and one think this. Look what it says. Paul's writing. He says, such as we are in words... My letters, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. We need to be the same person, whether it be in our writing and what we communicate, as we would in person. You hear me? That's a very important lesson in 2020 with the existence of social media. The same person that you are online, that needs to be the same person that you are in person. Because you all know that when people get online, boy, they say crazy stuff, don't they? Crazy stuff that they would never say to your face. That's why I got offline. I don't. I think I have a Facebook account. I think it's. I don't even know if it's still active. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The funny thing about it is that I ever had a social media account. I told my wife. She said, "Well, why don't you have one?" I said, "Because it's social media." And I'm anti-social. Okay? I said, what do you think I'm going to do, sweetie? Do you really think I'm going to take like selfies of myself and post them? Look, it's me. I don't know. That's just, 
it seems girly. I'm not going to do that. But our online world, what lacks humanity, right? We're talking about don't lose your humanity. It's like people just chuck humanity out the door, don't they? When they get online, log in, humanity just just gets sucked out of you, right? That's the way it seems, doesn't it? People need to realize that whenever you're online, and I just say Facebook, uh, I, I don't what I don't care what your flavor is, Snapchat and all this other stupidity, WhatsApp, you know, Snapchat. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, I don't care what it is, okay? If it is a, an, an electronic communication mechanism, that's what I'm talking about, not a face-to-face, uh, in-person uh, uh, contact. But when you get on there, you need to realize that on the other end, whenever you see those little icons pop up, it doesn't matter if it's a picture of you know, He-Man or if it's a picture of a dog or if it's a picture of an actual person, that, there's a person behind there. You hear me? There is a, an individual, there's a human being back there. You know, it, it, it just it, it's like it's very dehuman, dehumanizing when people get online, you know, because there's no names. People don't think, oh, well, this is a person because it's all these weird screen names, right, that, that, that people use. You know, Prophecy 1611, New Believer 1611, IFB Warrior 1611, KJV Till I Die 1611, you know, Public Restroom 1611, you know. <laughs> As long as they put, you know, half-off burritos, 1611. As long as they put 1611 on it, it's just whatever they see at the time. They're creating an account, and they're like, you know, they're driving by the Shell gas station or Casey's or what? Casey's 1611, you know? Their backup account is like half-off burritos, 1769, you know what I mean? (laughs) But, you know, you say, well, how do we connect with people all across the world and the nation or whatever? Well, you know what? If you're going to be a jerk and dehumanize them online, then they don't, they, they're better off without your communication. Okay? Bottom line is if you wouldn't say it to somebody's face, don't say it online. That's an important lesson to learn. And you need to, uh, you know, and it's, sometimes it's hard to convey, uh, emotions and things like that. You know, that's why they, they try to create these emojis. Okay? You know that doesn't convey feeling, you know? What conveys more emotion? If I give my wife a hug or if I just send her a, like a smiley face picture on her cell phone? What's more personal, you know? But we've just been duped to believe, oh, you know, love, hearts, you know, praise, whatever, you know, all those stupid things, you know, the little, you know, doo-doo icon, you know? Right? I don't know if I could say that behind your pulpit. I just did. <laughs> I'll know next year if I don't get asked back if that was inappropriate. But you know, don't de- don't dehumanize people and treat them like they're they're like some villain in a Mario game. Okay, all the kids just sat up. He's talking about Mario, but they're better off without it. Again, it's hard to convey feelings and emotions. If you're aggravated at someone or you feel passionate about a post, you need to read over what you post, your response to things, okay? Read over that. Because, I mean, look at that verse again. Look what he says. Such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such we will be indeed when we are present. That needs to be the same thing, okay? So if, if you are not a, a rude person and you're literally trying to help that person, you know, read over your comment. You know, make sure it's nothing just, it doesn't sound bad. And if it does sound bad, there's a key. It's called delete on there. You can just hit it, just keep hitting it until nothing's on the screen. Then you close your phone out 
And you, you know, I don't go do some jumping jacks or whatever, whatever you want to do. Okay. And you know, if you're that worried about somebody's post or somebody's position or this or that, send them a text or a message and say, can I have your phone number? I would like to talk to you. But we don't want to do that because we can't talk crazy to people on the phone. We're less likely. But that's what you need to do. I've seen pastors tell pastors to kick rocks. That's disgusting. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Kick rocks, call people lazy, fat, stuff like that. That's not the attitude of Christians, people. Right. You hear me? Yeah. You're not edgy and hardcore because you call people names that are inappropriate. Okay? Because I'm telling you, and, and I've also seen alleged Christians on some of these posts use cuss words freely. You hear me? I grew up not saved. I grew up in a Pentecostal house. Believe that you could lose your salvation. Some of my motivation of not cussing, I wanted to sometimes. But I didn't cuss. And guess what? My mom and daddy didn't cuss. You want to know why? Because they were Christians. And Christians don't cuss. Right? I mean, that's pretty simple. You're like, man, boy, Pastor French went deep this morning. What did he preach on? He said, Christians don't cuss. And people are like, duh. Hello? But I'm telling you, if I took just over the past, you know, couple years or whatever, if I took just like these feeds, just, you know, conversation feeds from Facebook and, you know, YouTube and all these things, and I took them and I took them out here, and whenever I went soul winning, I just passed passed those things out. Hey, look here. You want to be a part of this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How many converts do you think I'd have? Yes, that sounds good. Man, I like this, you know, uh, Raging Taco Man 1611. I love it. You know, Hot Burrito 1611. Boy, he's got some good points. You really think that people want to be a part of that stupidity? No. No. I have no, no sane person. Go go to some insane asylum and start showing them that stuff. They'll be like, wow, what's it? Can I, can I join that group, right? But a Christian is supposed to be like who? Like Christ, Christ-like, right? Do you think Jesus would behave the way that a lot of people behave? And if the answer is no, then you don't need to be behaving that way, okay? Watch our interactions. Remember Thumper from Bambi? Oh, he mentioned a Disney movie. Bambi, right? Everybody got sad because Bambi got shot. For those of you that's never seen that movie, I just spoiled it for you. But old Thumper from Bambi, you remember what he said? He said, if you don't have anything nice to say, he said, don't say anything at all. If you don't have anything nice to post, don't post anything at all, okay? Here's a newsflash, you ready? If you don't interject your opinion in, in somebody else's business, guess what's going to happen tomorrow? The sun's going to come up. People are going to go to work. They're going to pay their bills. They're going to kiss their babies. The water's going to run. That river, rock river, is just going gonna to flow. Everything will be okay. It's not going to be like in the days of Joshua, the sun stands still until you hit send. You hear me? But again, I don't, I don't even know how, how long it went on. It, it's, this is, and this is not an exhaustive list, but, you know, with, with you know, things like lockdowns and the, the, the suspicion, just all this stuff, it's just that we have a tendency of dehumanizing people and dehumanizing things, you know. Regardless of where you stand on that issue, and I, I personally don't care. I'm against it, if you can't tell. I don't know, you know. But regardless of where you stand, at least realize that there are people that are being affected, people's lives that are being absolutely destroyed 
People that have literally, because the economy was doing well, right? The economy is doing well. And there are literally people that have sold the farm, sold the farm. I know this in Knoxville, and I say sold the farm, meaning they've, they've poured everything that they've ever had, their inheritance, whatever it may be, into a business. The food truck business. Who likes food trucks here? I love food trucks. Uh, the food truck business was booming in Knoxville, booming all sorts of food trucks uh, uh, starting up. And a lot of the people, they had the same kind of narrative. They poured everything that they had into these businesses. And then, oh, COVID, I'm sorry. And it's all gone. It's all been flushed down the toilet. So you need to realize that. So whenever, whenever they talk about that, you're like, yeah, we need to lock it down. You need to realize you're destroying people's lives. So just look at people is all I'm telling you. And as far as the introspection, when he preaches, when you read the Bible or you listen to any sort of sermon, look for yourself in that sermon. Stop and take a look at yourself. You are not a perfect Christian. You have areas you need to work on. I have areas I need to work on. None of us have arrived at all. And you need to always be looking at yourself and looking for that area that you can fix in your life. Otherwise, you're just going to be stale and stagnant forever. And you know what? Some of those areas are tough to fix. But you got to look, right? You got to look and you got to fix it. And also the interactions. Realize that if you engage with someone, whether it be you write them a letter, whether it be you send them a Facebook message or whatever, you know, because there's a lot of online, especially with all of this, you know, distance and lockdowns and stuff. A lot of people communicate via electronic means, right? You need to be mindful that that's a person on the other end of that screen. So if you wouldn't talk crazy to them to their face, don't talk crazy to them online. There's a lot of this out there. And see, the unfortunate thing about it is the people that are not introspective, that don't look at themselves, they hear preaching like this, and they think it's about everybody else but them. And they're, they're, they're uh, public enemy number one when it comes to this stuff. I better not get a screenshot of anybody in this church tonight. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But don't lose your humanity. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here. That's why you come to church here. So you can be better. So your children can be better. So we can serve the Lord. And it's not just better like, oh, I'm a moral person. No, we can be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hear me? Hey, he gave everything for you. Why wouldn't you want to be pleasing to him? Why wouldn't you want to be that vessel unto honor? Do you want your kids to, to, to be sold out for the Lord? Do you want your kids to love God? Do you want your, your wives and, 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 your, and your husbands, do you want them to, to live a, a peaceful life serving the Lord, right? Because that's what it's all about, people. Not words, not going through the motions. I didn't prepare this sermon and be like, man, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to say words and words and words, 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 and it's just going to change people's lives, you know? I prepared it. Because I want you to take a look at yourself, and I want you to change. I can't change you. If you have a button in your office that changes people, you need to tell me where you got it. I'm going to install it at my church on every seat. You hear me? If he could press a button and, and make everyone uh, just perfect the way he wanted them, first off, who's going to push his button? You know? Because newsflash, you know, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect, right? But that's the whole goal, people. So let's not lose our humanity and realize that everything that we do in this life, it's about human beings. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord.
God, I thank you for, uh, Lord, that you cared enough about people to come and die on a cross, Lord, and, and, and pay for all of my sins. And Lord, I just thank you uh, for the truth that you've given us in your word, Lord. God, help us as a people to always, God, just look at people. Look at, look at, and, and, and just be uh, humanitarians, Lord, and look at people and, and not look at them as just, you know, statistics or, or, or screen names or whatever, Lord. Just help us to have uh, people on our hearts and on our minds. And God, help us to look at ourselves, Lord. Help us to not become stagnant. And God, just allow sin and bitterness and things that we need to work on to fester in our lives, Lord, and take hold on us. And be the same way 10 years from now as we are now, Lord. Help us to have some introspection. We love you. And uh, just please just help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.